Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited as we are live here on June 3rd, 2022 to talk about, well, a whole lot of stuff. We got SmackDown, we got Rampage, CM Punk is injured, they're crowning an interim champion in AEW. What the hell is going on? And we're going to talk about all of it. Holy crap. We got a lot to talk about, so let me get the rigmarole out of the way. Thank you for joining me here, live twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Thank you if you're watching later on youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or on podcast services around the world if you're listening to the audio version. But if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out either by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, you take that Amazon Prime account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. With Prime Gaming, you get a multitude of different things. You get free games, you get free stuff for games and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you wanna subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribed right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But remember also, if you want to get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more, you can do so by either hitting the join button on YouTube to become a channel member or subscribing at patreon.com forward slash Unlimited And Patreon, to me, is the better way to subscribe because A, it more directly supports us, but be for you the consumer, as Joe Dirt would say, consumer. It's in a more easy to find area as far as like everything that is just for Patreon subscribers is right there. And you don't have to wade through all the other stuff on YouTube. But also finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether that is a new game, whether that is an old game, whether that is claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys. You will be asked if you have a creator code, and you do have a creator code. That creator code is right here. It is PWUnlimited. Again, it is PWUnlimited. So, got a lot to talk about. First off, we're going to do it. We're going to start it off by talking about CM Punk. CM Punk, I want to say, let me, let me, let me pull up his initial tweet. I want to go through the timeline here really fast. So it was during SmackDown when Punk sent out a tweet. Let me see exactly what time this was. Yes, 15 minutes into SmackDown. So at 5.15 p.m. East or Pacific time, at 5.15 p.m. Pacific time, CM Punk sent out this tweet. I'm going to Pull it up on the screen right here for you guys. Um, why is it not loading? Come on. Come on. Why does not want to load? Come on, Twitter. There we go. CM Punk initially sent out this tweet. 
I'll be on Rampage live tonight with an important announcement in regards to the AEW World Championship and my career. Please tune in at 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. While that started going on, and I'm like, oh, crap, I got to watch Rampage now. Because I wasn't. I wasn't going to watch Rampage now. Or tonight. Technically, I was going to watch SmackDown. Here was, my, here was what my plans were going to be for tonight. I was going to watch SmackDown. I was going to review SmackDown. Then I was going to go to my friend's daughter's college graduation. But then CM Punk sent out that tweet. And I go, um, I ain't going to graduation. I got to work. Something's up. I got to work. And so... I watched Dynamite. The show opens with um, the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. As always, amazing match. We then get a really quick squash from Team Taz. We then get Athena versus Kira Hogan, and then out comes CM Punk. And CM Punk walks down to the ring, and by the time he's in the ring, he's already crying. And I wish I had a full like transcript of Punk's let me see hold on I wish I had a full transcript of Punk's Punk's promo but I don't unfortunately but I'll go you know I got vague notes like I didn't write it down word for word or anything we'll talk well okay so we'll talk about it now we won't talk about it when we review Rampage so I'll just read what I did for my notes CM Punk walks down to the ring Clearly limping, but not without crutches. So I think, okay, not too bad of an injury. Like, if it's as bad as... Because earlier in the night, during the match with the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros, Excalibur goes, later on tonight, we will be hearing from the World Heavyweight... Or from the AEW World Champion, CM Punk. And Jericho then goes, yeah, he's going to clarify that there's... You know, there's a lot of rumors going around. He's going to clarify what those are. And then Taz goes... Yeah, there's some chatter about an injury. And I go, oh, okay. And they keep talking about Punk maybe injured on commentary. Punk comes down to the ring and he's limping. But I'm like, well, he's not limping that bad, so maybe it's not as bad as we think. He doesn't seem happy. By the time he's in the ring, he's trying his damnedest not to cry as the crowd starts chanting CM Punk. Punk says, every bone in my body told me to go home and hug my wife and hug Larry. Punk said that he wanted to turn around and go home, but he felt like he owed everyone an explanation on what's going on. Punk says, I got good news and I got bad news. Punk says that he didn't want to let anybody down and hoped that he hadn't done that. Punk stopped, and the crowd chanted his name once again as he starts crying. Punk tells us he's got a couple of things that are broken. Like a broken heart and a bone that needs surgery. But he would not state what that broken bone is what the actual injury is, and why he needs surgery. That's the most interesting part of all of this outside of what they're doing with the world title. That's confusing as fuck. But one of the most interesting parts of all of this is that Punk won't say what the injury is. He just says that I'm hurt, I'm injured, and I need surgery. So he goes on and says that, you know, he promised that he wouldn't stop until the wheels fell off. And the wheels haven't yet fallen off. But one of them are broken. That he wants to wrestle right now. And he's definitely felt worse than he does right now. But he knows that right now, he can't. 
and he doesn't want to hold this place hostage with the title. He said, before I came out here, I told Tony Khan, I'm not going to stand here. I'm not going to stand in anybody's way. I'm going to relinquish the title. But Tony told me not to. And this is only a bump in the road. He's like, that is something I needed to hear. Confidence in me. He said, quote, the get back is going to be bigger than the setback. Punk then promised to be bigger, stronger, and hungrier than he's ever been before and promises to come back. But all to prove that he's the best in the world. He said, but while I'm gone, someone else needs to be, you know, the man, whether that is Brian Danielson, John Moxley, or somebody else. So Jericho then goes, no, you need to relinquish the title. And he says it like four or five times when Punk was like, no, I said I was going to relinquish. Because Punk goes, I said I was going to relinquish the title, but Tony Khan told, Tony told me not to. Tony told, Tony told me, no, this is only a bump of the road. And Jericho's literally on commentary going, he needs to relinquish the belt. He's got to relinquish the title. But that's not what they're doing. So I'm going to pull up a couple images on the screen here, and I'm going to try and clarify these as well as I can. So, first one. Let me throw this up here. Here's the first one. It says, new number one contender for the AEW World Championship, John Moxley, 7-0 singles record in 2022. And so, when you first see this graphic, you think they vacated the title. Punk is no longer the champion. But then we get this graphic. Battle Royal to kick off Dynamite. Winner will face number one contender John Moxley in the main event for a shot at the interim AEW World Championship at Forbidden Door. So then you go, oh, there's an interim title. And why did they call, excuse me, and why did they call Moxley the number one contender for AEW World Championship. And this is all really confusing, but what I think this is all going to be now, this is me not 100% knowing, not being told anything, but me trying to piecemeal all this together. So here's how it's going to work. Dynamite comes on Wednesday. Show opens, Battle Royal. The winner of that Battle Royal will then go on to the main event of Dynamite against John Moxley. The winner of that match between John Moxley and whoever wins the Battle Royal will then move on to Forbidden Door to challenge whoever for the interim AEW World Championship. Now, the whoever is should be, here we go, here I should say should be Hiroshi Tanahashi. Because basically last week on Rampage, or Dynamite, this past Wednesday, they set up CM Punk versus Tanahashi. And, you know, the rumors and reports were all that was going to be for the title. So you don't need to take Tanahashi out of the title match. But I don't know why this needs to be so convoluted. It is the winner of Moxley versus the winner of the Battle Royal will then face somebody at Forbidden Door to become the official interim AEW World Champion. Why is it even so convoluted? Is it because... And, and, and I need to look at one other thing really fast. Give me two seconds. I need to see the rankings. 
Where are the AEW rankings? I had them up here a second ago. Oh, now I'm not going to be able to find them. Here we go. So as far as the AEW rankings do go. Now, before Rampage, this is very interesting. Before Rampage, Moxley was not ranked number one. But then during Rampage, they sent out another tweet that said, as of June 3rd, at 8.41 p.m. Pacific, Moxley's now ranked number one. Wardlow, coming out of Dynamite, was actually ranked number one. That's interesting. Wardlow's ranked number one. Hangman 2, Adam Cole 3, Jay Lethal 5. So it's like, why is Mox number one? Now, let me see if I can find something else. Because also, here's the other very interesting thing with the AEW rankings that they put out on Twitter. They no longer put their, their win-loss record on those. Because before, they used to have it where everything was ranked. Like, they had the champion over here. And then over here, they had number one. Such and such uh, wins-loss. Such and such wins-loss for number two. And now, all they have is this person's number one. This person's number two. They no longer place what their records are. Because it was very confusing. Like, half the time, we'd see somebody that's like... Six and three ranked higher than somebody that's six and one, which should not be, but regardless. So Moxley, winner of the Battle Royal, will then face somebody at Forbidden Door. I assume, and you know what assuming does, I assume that's going to be Tanahashi. But again, we don't 100% know. And then even Excalibur, who was confused, read all of this during the TNT title match. Main event of Rampage and goes, well, this would lead one to believe that once CM Punk does return, he will still be the champion and we will have a unification match. We will unify the interim. And I guess you could say current AW World Championships. They've done this with the TNT title, so it's not out of the norm for all elite wrestling. It's not something that it's like, oh, they just came up with this. That. Well, I mean, half of this they probably just came up with out of their ass today. But, because if they knew Punk was injured before tonight... Well, if they knew Punk was injured Wednesday, they would have announced it on Wednesday. They wouldn't have waited till tonight. So, but uh, this is very strange, very weird, very all confusing. And a lot of people are still confused on what is going down with CM Punk. Well, not what's going down with CM Punk, but what's really going down with the AW World title. That's what's really, really, really confusing. What's going on with the title? I mean, we know what's going on with the title. So it's going to be John Moxley or somebody else facing most likely Tanahashi for the interim championship and I would say winning it at Forbidden Door on June 26th. I want to say it's June 26th. It is... Sunday, June 26th. That's everything. We do know pertaining to CM Punk, his injury, what's going on with the damn world title, the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. They will be crowning an interim champion. But now, well, since we already talked about part of Rampage, let's just quickly run down the rest of Rampage here as well. Let me throw up a poll. What did you think of Rampage? New poll. What did you think of tonight's? Ram page. Also, remember, guys, 
It's going to be a busy podcast, busy night, because we're going to talk SmackDown after Rampage, and then I'm going to do my Hell in a Cell predictions. So let's get this really fast. Liked it. Didn't like it. It was all right. <clears throat> so let's throw that up there. Let's throw the poll in the YouTube community. It was right because we can still do a YouTube poll, even though we're not live on YouTube. I didn't like it. That there. Let's throw up the Twitter poll as well. Probably should have done this at the start, but oh well. Boom. Give you guys more time because we're gonna we're gonna breeze through rampage. All right, let's go. Didn't like it. All right, cool. As far as Rampage does go. Started off with the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in just a fantastic match. Like, holy crap. This match was good. And yes, it was because of the punk stuff that I watched Rampage. But I'm glad I watched Rampage because this match was fantastic. So much to talk about. Hopefully, I didn't miss too much. Also, they were live from the Toyota, Toyota Arena in Ontario, California, which is technically the Bucks' home arena. It's the closest to their hometown of Rancho Cucamonga. So as far as Bucks versus Lucha Bros, the Lucha Bros have beat the Bucks five times. The Bucks have beat the Lucha Bros only three times. So, getting closer now. Because the Bucks won tonight. Now it's, it was, we went from 5-3 Lucha Bros. Now it's 5-4 Lucha Bros. But, Penta and Matt Jackson started off the match. Crowd, super hot. Super hot. I believe the match. So the match that we saw didn't start till the show actually started. But I believe the match actually started a few minutes before the show went live on, on, um, <clears throat> on um, TBS, TNT because they did like the live intros, the entrances on YouTube. But those ended almost five minutes, maybe six minutes before they went live on TNT. So I doubt the Bucks and the Lucha Bros just stood in that ring pacing for six minutes, five to six minutes. Could be wrong. If you were there live, let me know. So like I said, super hot crowd. It's only the second time that these two teams have ever wrestled without a championship on the line. Every other, so they've wrestled five, nine times. Seven of those times were all title matches. The night, and one other time, I don't remember which that is. You can let me know in the, the live chat or the comments below what that other time was. But there was this night and one other, no title on the line. Every other time, title on the line. But I like it. I think it's Jericho goes, oh, these two teams, their matches are so great, they don't need a title. And so also on commentary, no Ricky Starks because he had a match. It was Excalibur, Jericho, Taz, and Adam Cole. Cool. Really cool. So both Matt and Penta went for the fear factors early on. Penta kicked away a super uh, a sharpshooter attempt, and Matt got away from Penta's arm breaker. Tags were made on both sides, bringing in the younger brothers, Nick and Ray. Or Nick and Phoenix, whatever you want to call them. Nick and Phoenix tried to power uh, Nick. Nick tried to powerbomb Phoenix to the floor, but 
They both uh, wound up. I wrote this way wrong. I don't know what's going on here. Um, Nick and Phoenix. Nick tried to powerbomb Phoenix onto the floor, but they wound up on the floor and then back in the ring. It was very confusing here. I think I was so confused I couldn't write it right. And uh, there was a AEW, AEW, AEW chant. Bucks at one point got the advantage when Matt attacked Phoenix from behind. Phoenix hit a diving kick on Matt on the floor. Nick then came over the top rope with the toe pay Kong Rio. Punk, uh, but no, my punk. I see the P, I say punk. I'm thinking punk. No, it's Penta. Penta followed both guys out with a dive of his own. Phoenix then came off the top of the torneo on everyone on the floor. This was nuts. If you think there was a lot of flipping in this match, there's even, there was, I don't want to say just as much. But as much crazy type of flips from Dante Martin in the main event. This show was a lot of flipping. Anyways, back in the ring, Matt got the sharpshooter. He got it on Phoenix, but they were in the ropes. Penta tied up Nick in an abdominal stretch in the ropes as well. Nick took out Phoenix with a punt, and Phoenix took out Matt on the floor with a cutter. Both teams are going a mile a minute, and I missed a bunch. As you can tell, by the way, I'm writing my notes all kinds of convoluted. I can't even read them. Phoenix came off the top, splash onto Matt, but he got his knees up. Nick got the hot tag, and the show went to a split-screen break. During the opening segment, Excalibur mentioned that CM Punk would have an interview, but he kind of downplayed it. But then Jericho said something about, there's rumors he's got to talk about. And then Taz goes, yeah, the chatter of his injury. And I'm like, oh, come on. What are you, what are you guys doing? Taz basically said it right there. He's injured. Back from a break, another break. Uh, the Hardys and Jurassic Express were watching from the crowd. Matt Jackson hit a double Northern Lights suplex. Nick hit the assisted Senton Atomico for a near fall. Phoenix caught Matt with a Rana and a uh, Rana and a hook kick to Nick. But then the Lucha Bros took him out with a foot stomp DDT on the floor. They got Matt with a foot stomp DDT in the ring, only to get a two. Phoenix hit a Tope Going Rio on Nick on the floor. Penta hit a Made in Japan on Matt, and Phoenix follows up with a frog splash on Matt for a two. Nick dropped Penta into a Poison Rana from a Matt, and Matt came off the top with an elbow on Phoenix for another near fall. Uh, Phoenix and Nick exchanged forearms, and Phoenix and Penta caught Nick with a pair of kicks. Phoenix hit a splash off the top rope, and Penta's shoulder, uh, top rope. No, Phoenix hit a splash off the top of Penta's shoulders while Penta was standing on the middle rope. And then Penta hit a Canadian Destroyer on Matt, but only got a two off of it. Nick. Caught Phoenix with a small package, and the Bucks queued up for a super kick party for the Lucha Bros. The Bucks hit Phoenix with a Meltzer driver, but only got a two off of it. I loved commentary here where they go, you know, they could have won there, but Matt Jackson actually pulled himself back too far, arching his back, allowing just a little bit of inconsistency in the pin for Phoenix to be able to kick out because the way Matt pulled himself back too far meant that he didn't actually fully have leverage on top of Phoenix to hold him down for the pin. I love that they talked about that. I was shocked, though, when they didn't get the win off of the, uh, the Meltzer driver. Penta then taunted Matt after breaking up a cover, another pin attempt. So Matt yanked off his mask to tremendous boos from the crowd. It was a super kick party for Penta. And a BTE trigger for Phoenix that finally got the victory. Easily one of the best, if not the best matches in all of Rampage history. I think this and the Andrade Pack match are the two greatest matches we've ever seen on Rampage. 
absolutely fantastic. Then we got a 47-second match. It was Powers House Hobbs and Ricky Starks against two jobbers, one in 47 seconds, and they beat him really quickly. Not much to talk about. Also, Bangs, we already knew that, that the event is tomorrow. We talked about that last time we played, I think Monday, which, hey, we're, we're probably going to play more tonight. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to miss the event tomorrow, though. Unfortunately. Next up, we had Athena versus Kira Hogan. Athena, leaps and bounds better than most of the women in this company in the ring. I'm going to say it right now. Leaps and bounds better than most of the women in this company. And I think Athena may do the little things better than most, if not all the women in this company when it comes to in the ring. Just like the way she, she reacts to things, her facials, just how crisp her moves are. This, Athena is a tremendous pickup for AW. Everyone was like, oh, they got Britt Baker. She's the top. Da, 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 da. Britt Baker, really, really, really good. Then it was like, oh, they got Tony Storm. She's the best female wrestler. Da, 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 da. Tony Storm, superb. But I think Athena is either just as good, if not slightly better, than Tony Storm. And that's just my opinion. You can agree or disagree with me. Yet, Red Velvet screwed up this match when she basically made time free stand still. She missed her spot. So Athena had a dope-ass jacket. Like, this jacket was freaking super cool. So she walks out, and we see, like, she's got these wings, right? And I'm like, oh, she's like, because they called her the, oh, what did they call her? Her video package says, oh, something goddess. Let me know in the chat. What do they call her? The what goddess? Anyways, I thought they were, like, fairy wings on the jacket or whatever. So she walks out and then she does her thing where because she always does the thing where she like turns her back and then she looks back. That's always been her thing. Even when she was Ember Moon, she did that. But she turns her back, boom around, and we see where the <clears throat> the wings are. And it's got like these LED lights around. I'm like, are those speakers? And all of a sudden the wings <laughs> fold down. And I'm like, oh, that's dope. Oh, what a dope ass jacket. This jacket is super cool. Anyways, the match. She comes down to the ring. She's taking on Kira Hogan. These two have had heat in the past for reals. Not just, they, they haven't been in the same company. Kira Hogan did an interview in the past where she basically said Ember Moon stole my gimmick. Anyways. Athena tried a fireman's carry early, but Hogan countered it with an arm drag. Then Athena landed on her feet. Athena hit a springboard crossbody. Got a one off of it. Athena and Hogan. Messed up a little bit of timing here on a running dive, but the commentators covered it up, and Athena hit a short dive through the ropes. Athena tried to taunt Jade Cargill, but I don't know. It looked weird, but she made it look all right. Uh, Red Velvet then sent Athena into the ring, or ring apron, while Hogan distracted the referee. Hogan took control in the ring while we were sent to a break. Back from that break, Athena hit an awesome shotgun drop, like a fantastic one off the ropes. Athena then went to the t um, went to the top for her finisher, but Red Velvet was supposed to, I guess, distract her. So Athena's on the top rope, and she's like climbs to the middle, and they're like, "Oh, Athena, climbing the ropes!" And then she puts one foot on the top rope, and Jargo goes, "Oh, she's gonna go all the way to the top," but she doesn't put her second foot on the top rope. She's holding on. She's got one foot on the middle rope, one foot on the top rope. She's like balancing herself. 
because Red Velvet was supposed to come up and try to jostle her. But nothing happens. Everybody just freezes. And they're stuck there for a second. Finally, Red Velvet jumps up, causes the distraction or whatever. Hit her Hurricane Rana. And uh, I don't know where was I. Red Velvet distracted her. And Hogan pulled her off the ropes. It also looked weird. She like pulled her off the ropes. Ember, or not Ember, but Athena kind of like landed on her butt and then just kind of flopped forward. Which is weird. There's in a series of reversals. Athena nailed Red Velvet with a sliding shot, but then got crotched by Hogan when she went to the top again. So that's what it was. That's what it was. She got crotched to then. I got it all mixed up. Sorry about that. So there was another time when Red Velvet caused a distraction when Athena tried to go to the top rope. Then she tried to go to the top rope again. This is when everything stood still. Got crotched by, by her then. That's when she did the land on her butt flop forward. That's what it was. Okay, I got it mixed up. because The Red Velvet stuff really threw me off because Red Velvet missed like every time she was supposed to do something. So again, Athena nailed Red Velvet with a sliding shot and got crotched on the top rope. Athena then shoved Hogan down and hit her top rope cutter, formerly the Eclipse. They didn't give it a name tonight yet. I don't know if they're still going to call it the Eclipse or not, but her little like top rope jump off top stunner deal that she always did in WWE. And she ends up pinning uh, Kira Hogan. Stokely Hathaway and Jade Cargill go to leave walking up the ramp. They look a little concerned. Athena then lays up on the top rope. She's looking over at Jade like, I got you. I got you. Let's go. Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And Jade's like, oh, no, we ain't doing this right now. There's a House of Black promo. They said, this is why we tell you the house always wins. We want a double or nothing. We got Julia Hart. Bada bing, bada boom. Then got the Punk promo, which we already talked about. Jericho then clarified that at the start of the next match, AW World Championship been relinquished by CM Punk. He literally said it because he said it during Punk's promo. So he's got to relinquish the belt. And then he fucking said when the next match started, well, it seems like the AW World Championship has been relinquished by CM Punk. I'm going to need to go back again. I wrote that down. But I want to go back again and get the actual sound bite of exactly how he said it. So then we had an eight-minute match. It was Scorpio Sky against Dante Martin. Dante Martin, flippy floppy fly all through this match. It looked phenomenal. Dante Martin, great. He'll be a TNT champion eventually. I don't know when. I thought he would have by now. I really thought Dante Martin winning the TNT title by now should have happened. He'll win it. I don't want to say within the next year and be wrong because... I think he should. He shouldn't have won it tonight, no. Because he ain't beating Scorpion in L.A. But great match here. Started the match. The crowd still kind of confused with the punk stuff. Not really confused because they didn't know. Well, not not confused because the whole, is he the champ? He's not the champ because they didn't hear commentary from Jericho confusing everybody. But they were kind of just like still in awe over the punk stuff. But... Scorpio Sky, Dante Martin, they got these two into this match. So Martin hit a series of arm drags early and worked over Scorpio Sky with an arm bar as the show went to a break about, I don't know, a minute or two in. Back from the break, Martin fought his way out of a chin lock. Martin set Sky to the floor with a low drop kick, then followed out with the springboard crossbody from the top to the floor. Martin jumped from the floor to the bottom rope 
and on the top turnbuckle and hit a tope a top rope drop kick for a near fall. Martin then hit the TKO and got another near fall. One point, Excalibur made a confusing announcement about the world title. We've already talked about that. How Battle Royal on the open of Dynamite. Then the winner of that's going to face Moxley. Then the winner of that match, Moxley and the Battle Royal winner, will then move on to go face um, somebody at Forbidden Door to become the interim world champion. Thank you, Hot Rub Bubba. Athena is the for the fallen goddess. That's it. Thank you, Hot Rub Bubba. Which means interim champion, Funk. Remains technically the champion, not vacating the title, unlike Jericho said multiple times. Back to the main event. Martin hit a cross body to the, uh, off the top to the floor for an, uh, off the top for a near fall. Scorpio then hit Martin with a hot shot, and then Scorpio hit the TKO to pick up the victory. So, good win here, but... I don't want to say this and put it out in the ether, but Scorpio Sky was limping after this match. Mm, what does that mean? What does that mean? Hopefully he's not injured. I don't know what that means. I just hope he's not injured as well. But, and I want to see something really fast. Yeah, but I'm seeing a lot of tweets also. I don't want to alarm anybody. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. This person 30 minutes ago said, I don't want to alarm anybody, but I'm at the dark tapings post rampage and Scorpio Sky was noticeably limping. Could be soreness, but who even knows anymore? Other people also tweeting out, bro, I hope Scorpio Sky, this one says, bro, I hope Scorpio Sky isn't hurt too. He'd been limping for a while through the match. He's also limping very well after the match. A lot of people, um, here's a good one. Uh, don't start limping too at Scorpio Sky. No, 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 no. So... I just, I hope Scorpio Sky is also not injured. Oh, Jericho has tweeted. Okay, 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 okay. So, I got to pull some stuff up here. Give me one second. All right, so boom. Got this, 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 this. So, a number of tweets we're going to go through here really fast. <clears throat> so, first off, we've got this tweet from Glenn Rubenstein from a, a Wrestling Inc. He says, Hope CM Punk gets well soon. Heartfelt promo, but it, but is he actually relinquishing the title? He has been he has told Tony Khan he that he would, but TK said it was just quote a bump in the road. Will we get an interim champion? John Ross Sapp of Fightful then tweets, "Yeah, this was confusing. He said he was willing to. Jericho said he was, but he didn't actually say it." Jericho then tweeted. I misspoke. He 
He's not relinquishing the title. He needs to get surgery, which puts him, which, which puts him on the shelf indefinitely. Staff then says, thanks for the clarification. So, that is it. Jericho admitted to his mix-up. Admitted to misspeaking. He said, quote, I misspoke. He's not relinquishing the title. Well, that's good that Jericho went out onto Twitter and was like, hey, I messed up. I said the wrong thing. That's not what's going on. So, I'm going to see if Jericho tweeted anything else about it. Hmm. Ryan Alvarez also tweeted, the AEW title has not been relinquished. Jericho said, agreed. I misspoke. He's on the shelf indefinitely as he needs surgery. Um, and those are the only two that Jericho responded to in clarifying that, you know, he was wrong. Good on Jericho for going out and going, hey, I said the wrong thing on commentary. Not everyone's perfect. So, there you go. But hopefully Scorpio Sky's all right. That's the one I'm now worried about. Because, you know, he was limping after the match. Fuck. It's like, Jesus Christ. But that's Rampage. I thought Rampage was a very good show. Now I want to see what you guys thought of Rampage. Let's check the polls really fast. As far as the Twitch poll does go. 57% liked Rampage. With 43% not liking Rampage. Very interesting. As far as the Twitter poll does go. And I really didn't give many people enough time to vote. So these aren't a lot of votes in these polls. 46% thought Rampage was just alright. 40% liked Rampage. And 13% did not like Rampage. And as far as the YouTube community poll does go. 57% liked Rampage. 31% thought it was just all right. And 11% did not like Rampage. <clears throat> Excuse me. So as we switch things over. Excuse me. Got something caught in my throat. As we switch things over to talk about SmackDown. Pull up my SmackDown notes and send out a SmackDown poll. New poll. What did you think of tonight's SmackDown? Liked it. It's all right. I didn't like it. Start that poll there. Let's go here. And finally send the poll out on Twitter as well. All right, there we go. That's all well and good. Now, talk about SmackDown. One new match for... Hell in a Cell was announced during SmackDown, so we got that to talk about. And then after I do the SmackDown review, I'll jump in to my Hell in a Cell predictions. Our SmackDown does go. Pull up the SmackDown notes. Bada bing, bada boom. Shaka Khan, here we go. 
Montcalm Pat McAfee opened up the show by running down the card for the night. McAfee also noted that tonight's a celebration of Michael Cole as he has been in WWE for 25 years. And the Cole has only ever missed two shows. I didn't know. That's wild. What the hell was that? A little like explosion sounding thing out by my window. Anyways. Crazy to think. Michael Cole's only ever missed two shows. Then we had an opening segment. It's pretty interesting. They tried to be edgy, but still keep it PG at the same time. This was funny. There's a good opening segment here. The fans were really into it and reacted big to both New Day and Drew McIntyre. The New Day come out. And they talked about their match last week with the Brawling Brutes. And they made fun of the name. Like, they're called the Brawling Brutes? What? They're the Brawling Brutes? Who are the Brawling Brutes? They got a massive reaction from the crowd in Columbus. Kingston and Woods then said, well, we need to also bring out the man that helped us win last week, McIntyre. McIntyre started by giving a shout-out to Big E, who was still at home. That's Pop Big. McIntyre also started a loud Big E chant. Said he knows what it's like to be out with an injury. McIntyre then promises, though, well, also, coming up, I'm going to challenge and win the WWE Unified Undisputed Championship at Clash of the Castle. Basically, they've now made it a thing. It don't matter who's the champion coming out of Money in the Bank. Who's the champion coming out of SummerSlam. McIntyre said it. I'm going to challenge for the world title. And I'm going to win it. I clash at the castle. McIntyre then quickly changed the topic and said, I'm Big D. I'm the Big D. And they teased making a bunch of dirty jokes like uh, a pair of Boxer shorts with Big D right on the crotch and all that. New Day cut him off and goes, whoa, 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 this is a family show. Then they gave him the, the pair of shorts. The under, I don't know exactly what it was. Maybe they were biker shorts. Maybe they were boxers. I'm not sure, but it said Big D on them. Pretty funny. Tried to make dick jokes, but didn't want to quite make dick jokes. Then the Brawling Brutes would interrupt as they walked out on the stage. Sheamus noticed that they were at a disadvantage last week with not knowing that McIntyre was going to be the third member of their opposing team. They didn't get a chance to prepare, and Butch said he had heard enough and started to run down towards the ring, and McIntyre then knocked him out. Sheamus and Hollow then tried to hold Butch back. They went to commercial break, and then what do we get? A sub-11-minute rematch from last week, the Brawling Brutes against Drew McIntyre and the New Day. And what did we get? 50-50 booking. Last week... The Drew Day, as Pat McAfee and Michael Cole like to call him, picked up the victory. What happened tonight? The Brawling Brutes pick up the victory. Nothing against the match. The match itself was really, 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 really good. I had a great time watching this match. But it's like, why do the match last week? And why make it a big deal that Drew McIntyre and the New Day won when the following week you're going to do the exact same match and have the other team win? And here's the kicker. The last thing from last week's SmackDown was the six-man tag. The first thing on this week's SmackDown is setting up and still doing that six-man tag. So screw it. The match last week should have just never ended, and we've been going on for a week now. Anywho, baby faces had the early advantage as they isolated Butch on their side of the ring. Woods hit a senton for a near fall. 
Holland made a blind tag and rocked Woods with a tackle. The Brutes took over and cut Woods off from their corner. Butch slowed the pace down and stomped on Woods' hand. Also, Butch did an interview recently saying that Vince McMahon really likes his character. I like that. I like that. Uh, Kingston tagged in and ran wild. He caught Sheamus with a flying crossbody for a near fall. He followed this up with the boom drop and set up for the Trouble in Paradise, but Butch broke up the pin. Uh, No, he broke up the attempt of the Trouble in Paradise. Dude is at the heels to ringside and hit a double dive. They celebrated on the announce table with Woods. Woods taking McAfee's headset. During the break, the heels were firmly in control, beating down Kingston in their corner. Holland hit a power slam, and Sheamus followed this up with a diving knee for a two count. Kingston fought back, and McIntyre got the hot tag. McIntyre ran wild and rocked Sheamus with a clothesline and gave McAfee a stiff high five. McIntyre then caught Butch with uh, caught Butch and gave him a huge belly-to-belly suplex. In a br- brutal-looking spot. Not bad, but like, ooh, that hurt kind of spot. Kingston attempted a plancha on Holland. Holland tried to catch him in a power slam, but he fell backwards and Kingston landed on his shoulder. Holland then fell on top of Kingston really hard. Uh-oh, I don't think anything's wrong. Kingston did appear kind of not 100% after that. And then the finish came when Butch hit the bitter end on Woods. So it's like, oh no, did Holland hurt another member of the New Day? We got more injuries. We got some coming out of AEW. Now this here tonight. And we'll talk about in in the main or in the tag team title match because I think Jimmy Uso was grabbing that shoulder a couple times. So it's like, oh. Speaking of the tag title match, they recapped Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura forming a team last week. In the back, Kayla Braxton interviewed Riddle and Nakamura. Riddle noted that they're still in the honeymoon phase. They recapped the bloodline attack in Riddle and Randy two weeks ago. Cole claimed that Orton may never wrestle again. And he said this a couple of times, like, what the hell, Michael Cole? Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that we ain't getting Randy coming back at all. He kept saying, he said it like, he said it here, and he said it two or three times during the tag title match. You know, Randy Orton, he's hurt, and he may never come back. Don't say that, Cole. Riddle then added that tonight, it's not about winning the titles, it's about getting revenge for Randy. And I go, ain't that what Monday was supposed to be? Until the DQ with the, the damn scooter? No, it's about the titles. Yes, it's also about getting revenge for Randy, but it is also about winning the belts, you dummy. Adam Pierce is in his office on the phone. He's on his phone and stated the six-pack challenge tonight was actually the idea of one Ronda Rousey. They hear a knock at the door. He's like, one moment. And then in just comes Max Pre. And he's like, um, yeah, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to let you go Max Dupree's here. And he goes, no, 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 no. Give me the microphone. He goes, I am Max Dupree. All right, here's your phone back. Dupree noted, I've been scouring all of WWE to find the right man to be my first client, the first person that can be the biggest crossover star that can go to Paris, that can go to Milan, that can grace the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania, and I have found that person. I have found my first client for the maximum male models. But you're not going to find out who that is tonight. Nope. You will find out who my first client is next week. 
and it's interesting the way they do these segments with Dupree and Adam Pierce because they do it to where like then I'm Adam Pierce and my hand is Max Dupree the entire time Dupree's like right here on Adam Pierce talking to him I found like like pretend my hand is Adam Pierce he's like I have found my first client but you're not going to know who that is until next week on SmackDown. He's like right in his freaking face. And I'm like, come on, man. Personal space. Bubble. Bubble. Actually, since Saturday, you're telling me I should say it correctly? Well, you should write it correctly. It is not D-U-P-R-E-E. -E. It is D-U-R-P or D-U-P-R-I. Not double E-I. Max Dupree. Then they showed an awesome, awesome video package hyping up Cody versus Seth for Hell in a Cell. We then got a weird gender Humberto match where this is basically a match all about Shanky. This was not good. So they recapped the angle with Mahal and Shanky from last week. Los Lotharios then did the kiss cameras that came down to the ring. Before the match, Shanky was... So, so before the match, Shanky and Mahal walked out on the stage. And Mahal walks in front of Shanky. And with Shanky behind, they're walking. And Shanky's like. Doo -doo 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 -doo. And then Ginger would go. And, Mahal, and Shanky would go. Ginger would turn back around. He'd be like. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Stop dancing again. And then finally they get to the ring. And the, you know, the match starts and this and that. Humberto's backed into the uh, backs Mahal into the corner and takes the advantage early. Follow this up with some hard chops. Mahal then fought back and gave Humberto a huge back body drop. Cole claimed that the fans want to see skyscraping shanky dance. Yes, he called them skyscraping shanky. Mahal then took over and rocked Humberto with a hard kick. He set it for the Coloss, but Shanky starts dancing at ringside. And Mahal stops what he's doing and goes, Hey, stop it. No dancing. Stop. Humberto then tries to roll him up. Shanky then jumps up on the apron. Ref's like, hey, get down. Get down. And Humberto stops the roll up. Let's go. Goes over to Shanky. Shanky jumps off the apron. It was like, dance some more, dance some more, dance some more. This then led to Jinder rolling up Humberto and picking up the victory. Jinder defeats Humberto with the help of dancing, skyscraping Shanky. So after the match, Jinder gets out of the ring all kinds of confused and kerfluffled, like, what just happened? What the, what the, I, I won, but uh, what the hell just happened? So Shanky's got Jinder's hand and he's like, come on. Dance with me. Mahal's just like, ah, screw this. And he storms off. Shanky then looks over at, you know, Samantha Irving. And he starts, you know, dancing to her. Come on and join me. And finally, she's like, she's laughing it off. Like, oh, you're so silly. Oh, you're so crazy. Oh, you're so nuts. Oh, no, no, no. And she gets up and starts just slightly dancing with Shanky. Crowd starts loving it. Crowd starts loving it. Big pop and Samantha Irvin starts dancing with Shanky. So now the question is, Shanky, you trying to steal Ricochet's woman? Is Shanky trying to steal Ricochet's girl while he's over here distracted and all kinds of, of got his mind on defending his title next week against Gunther? 
Oh, Shanky going to move in while Ricochet is preoccupied with Gunther over there for next week. Anyways, I'm just making stuff up there. There's nothing in canon that Samantha Irvin and Ricochet are thing. They're a real couple in real life. That's why I made the joke, but yeah. So next up, Ronda Rousey makes her way out to the ring to watch the six-pack challenge from ringside. And this was so overbooked before the match even started. So the recap, Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez and the angle involving Aaliyah locking Shotzi in the dressing room and this and that. And Raquel Rodriguez comes out to the ring. Shotzi then comes out to the ring. Aaliyah's music hits. Nobody comes out. Nobody comes out. Finally, the rest of the women, or they cut, actually, no, they cut to the back first. And Aaliyah's in there. And we like, we see it says women's locker room. And it's just camera on the door. And eventually we hear. And then it cuts to a camera inside the locker room. And we see, we see Aaliyah banging on the door. Hello. Hello. Anybody open the door? Hello in here. And Michael Cole goes, well, it looks like Shotzi was laughing it up in the ring. She goes, well, from that reaction from Shotzi, looks like Shotzi may have been the one to actually lock Aaliyah in the locker room. And Pat McAfee has to go, well, you know, Cole, she actually seems to have locked Aaliyah and a camera operator in that locker room. And I died laughing the way Pat was like, well, no, you got to be a little more specific. It was Aaliyah and a camera operator. I liked that a lot. So, you know, everyone eventually comes down to the ring. It's Raquel Gonzalez, or Raquel Rodriguez, Shotzi, Shayna Baszler, Zia Lee, Natalia, Aaliyah. And so, no Aaliyah. But the other five women are in the ring, and Shotzi's in the referee's face like, all right, yeah, she's not coming. Just start the match. She's not coming. Like, she's worried about Aaliyah being in the match. Like, Aaliyah's a threat. No offense. But she's like, she's not coming. Start the match. Ref, just start the match. Start the match. And then the ref kind of looks off in the distance. He goes, all right, start the match, ring the bell. And as he does it, Aaliyah slides in the ring, jumps at, and takes down Shotzi with like a half double single leg. Not really great takedown, but hey, whatever. So they go at it for a minute, and all the other women are just standing there looking like, all right, we're just going to let them go, and then we'll wait. And this match should have been longer for what it was supposed to be. Went four minutes. Like, for what it was supposed to be, a six-pack challenge should have gone longer. But for this match not being all that great, four minutes is fine. So, you know, a lot of this match did seem rushed. And they go to commercial about a minute in. Back from the break, the competitor, uh, back from the break. Oh, no, um, no, 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 I read that wrong. I know, sir. Here we go. Okay. This is what it was. So, Aliyah and Shotzi start going at it. And everyone's kind of watching. And then the everyone just starts brawling. Fall out of the ring. They get in the ring. They fall out of the ring. They get in the ring. Back in the ring, Zaya avoided a sharpshooter and caught Natalia with a suplex. Lee then rocked Natalia with a kick for a near fall. But Aliyah broke up the pin. Natalia rocked Zaya Lee with a discus clothesline. But Raquel jumped into the ring. Raquel then went for a corkscrew elbow, but Shotzi cut her off. Raquel then dropped Shotzi onto Natalia. Raquel then recovered with a corkscrew elbow. She then hit the powerbomb on Shotzi, 
and had the match basically won when Baszler jumped in and caught Rodriguez in the Carefuda clutch. Natalia then took the advantage here, jumping on top of Shotzi, going for the pin. One, two, three, Natty wins. Because, well, Shotzi had the Carefuda clutch in on Raquel, so they were kind of focused on what they were doing over there, not paying attention to Shotzi, not paying attention to Natty jumping on her. Ref starts to count. And as she, I think as the ref got to two, Shayna lets go of the Carefuda clutch. Like, oh crap, the ref's counting something. But then the ref hits three before they can do anything. So I thought that was a good little touch by Shayna where she let go at two. Like, oh crap, I got to let go of you so I can go stop that. Not enough time. After the match, Ronda Rousey slowly gets into the ring. Her and Natalia go face to face. And I want to clarify something because this was confusing to people. On Twitter, a lot of people going, oh, so we're getting Ronda and, and Natty at the pay-per-view this Sunday? No, we're not. It was abundantly clear that they stated Natty is next in line for Ronda Rousey and will get her title shot down the line. They did not say, if, if the title match was taking place at Hell in a Cell, which it could, but I don't believe it is, if the SmackDown Women's title match was taking place at Hell in a Cell, they would have said that tonight. They would have said, Natty has won a title shot at Hell in a Cell. But for them to say that Natty is next in line and will get her title shot down the line leads me to believe that this match is not taking place Sunday at Hell in a Cell. So they recapped Happy Corbin injuring Madcap Moss in a digital exclusive. Corbin promised to hurt Moss again or to beg for his job back. All of a sudden, we hear an ambulance. Wee, 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 bram, bram, bram. Back doors open. Woo. There's Mad Cat Moss. No suspenders, just black tights ish. No, I don't like black gym shorts if you want to be completely honest. They then showed a video of Lacey Evans and stated that Lacey Evans will make her in ring return next week on SmackDown. And I'm like, all right. So Lacey was originally supposed to be on SmackDown, then moved to Monday Night Raw, then stated she was going to have her return match on Raw this week, didn't wrestle on Raw this week. Now she's going to have a, Now she's back on the SmackDown brand. It's supposed to have a match next week on SmackDown. Supposed to. We don't know if it's going to happen. Supposed to. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say that, that Lacey's going to return to the ring next week. I'm going to say supposed to return next week. Then we got the Mad Cat Moss segment. This was fine. He tried hard to get this crowd into him, which they were to a degree, but it's also like, oh, it's Mad Cat. Yeah, we don't take him much serious, but I think he kind of got them on his side by the end here. Mad Cat, again, tried his hardest here. Did a great job. Mad Cat made his way to the ring to address the happy Corbin. Fans broke out in a brief welcome back chant, even though he really wasn't gone that long. He discussed Corbin injuring his neck a few weeks ago. He noted that Corbin thought that he that, that was the end of him. But Moss said that Corbin's right. It was the end of the old Madcap Moss. Moss can still hear Corbin making him or telling him to make all the jokes over and over again. He called them, or he then called Corbin out to see him in the ring. Corbin walked on the stage and thought that Moss just wanted his old job back. 
However, Moss only wants Corbin to come to the ring for a fight. Corbin said, you know what? Nah, I better not. I don't want to fight you tonight. That ain't going to happen. And Adam Pearce comes out and goes, no, you know what, Corbin? I think that is a great idea. I'd love to see you two face off here tonight. So, well, the match is official, and it's next. So it was Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. And they did exactly what they thought they were going to do. Because so I go, if Corbin really doesn't, well, no. They could have done what I thought. They almost did. Because I was like, if Corbin doesn't want to do the match, then he should just not enter the ring or get himself counted out or DQ'd. Well, instead, Madcap got himself DQ'd about a minute and a half in, which I didn't hate. Because it's basically, I'm so pissed off, I can't control my rage. Some call it so we can finish, but I thought it actually played into the storyline to them. So, wasn't much to the match. And eventually, Madcap did attack Corbin with a chair. Fans popped big for Madcap attacking Corbin even more with a chair after the match. After the match, Moss beat down Corbin. After it was basically said that Corbin wins via disqualification. Fans broke into a loud one more time chant. And Moss put Corbin's head in the chair and tried to stomp, uh, drop the stairs on it. But referees and officials stopped him before he can do so. Fans booed that. They then announced that Corbin was the winner and the fans booed again. So we see Corbin in the back trying to leave and Adam Pierce would walk up. Corbin assumed that, you know, you got to suspend Moss. He tried to injure me. He tried to basically end my career. And Adam Pierce goes, no, 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 no. I'm making an announcement. You two will fight again. This Sunday at Hell in a Cell, this match, no holds barred. Oh, sure. Why not? Yeah, the Braxton then interviewed the Usos backstage, and they promised to retain the titles. They dedicated their match to Roman Reigns. Cole announced that the Intercontinental Champion Ricochet will be defending his title against Gunther next week on SmackDown. In the back, Ricochet promised to retain the title. It was weird every time he'd say Gunther because you know he wanted to say Gunther, but things like you know, you know, me and Gunther, me and Gunther, like he's trying to like say it right, but he's also like sound like he was also making fun of the name. I don't know. Ludwig Kaiser then said some stuff I think in German, and then Gunther guaranteed he would win next week. And Pat McAfee goes, "Wait, Gunther can talk? He speaks, Cole!" And the fans broke out into a loud USA chant. We then had the WWE Undisputed Unified Tag Team Championships on the line as the Usos defended against Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura in an almost 13 and a half minute match. Great match. I really, really enjoyed this. Riddle? Riddle's fantastic. Riddle may be one of the best wrestlers overall in the world right now as far as he barely ever misses in the ring. He does the little things. Like I was talking earlier about Athena doing the little things great. Riddle does the, real, the little things. Not great, but tremendous. Like just facial expressions. Knowing when to seem more aggressive. Knowing when to seem more laid back. Knowing when to just go all at it. Just the things Riddle does in the ring. And the, the other thing is that he gets better. Every single week it's not like oh yeah he's gotten really good over the last year since he started teaming with orton no it just really seems like riddle just seems getting better and better and better and better like he's he's been around for how long now let's see when did riddle make his pro wrestling debut 2013 
No, I think he was still in the UFC in 2013. Um, 2015. So you would think, oh, he's been around. He's been doing this for, what, almost seven years now? Eight years now, almost? He's probably, you know, pretty in his way. No. No. He has probably learned a lot, like, not just from Orton as, like, them two teaming in character, but I think he's there's a good chance when he says Randy's my mentor, I really feel like that's a real life thing that he's probably actually learned a lot realistically shoot like shoot wise from Randy Orton. There's the things that especially this match is particularly some of the things that he was doing was just like, wow, this guy can't do no wrong. This guy needs to be the world. Riddle needs to be the world champion like yesterday. So match starts and I get a message from a friend going you know you haven't seen Sami Zayn yet tonight right and I go oh I totally forgot about that no mention of Sami yet so I'm like what's gonna happen with this match and Sami so fans were great throughout this whole match and they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting they're going at it they're going at it they're going at it and eventually there's a spot where they injure the knee quote unquote injure the knee of Shinsuke Nakamura about midway through this match. The medical team and officials and stuff come down to check on Nakamura and Nakamura has to be helped to the back. Riddle walking with him up the ramp. Uso's still in the ring going, yep, you done. Match over. Let's get this going. Let's, let's, let's just call it as it is. And they get to about almost the top of the ramp and Riddle kind of turns around and goes, this ain't over, or something like that. It's like, I'll face you guys myself. Jumps back in the ring. It becomes a handicap match. And boy, howdy, is this when Riddle showed up. Like, I've never seen Riddle show up before. Riddle was tremendously fantastic. So, match turns into a handicap match. And they're like, well, Riddle gonna try and do it alone. He's gonna go at it on his own. Usos took over after slamming down Riddle with a double spine buster. Jimmy slowed the pace down with a chin lock. Riddle broke free and rocked Jimmy with a kick to the head. They're going at it, and they're going at it, and they're going at it. Riddle. Then, where was I? Um, Riddle rocked Jimmy with a series of strikes. Threw the Usos around the ring with suplexes and hit two Brotons. Riddle hit Jimmy with a kick to the face and followed with the floating bro to the floor. He went for the draping DDT on Jay, but Jimmy made the save. Riddle then hit a draping DDT on Jimmy instead of for the RKO. Now, before this, Jimmy Uso, I think it was Jimmy Uso. Sometimes I get him confused. I'm kind of now getting better at telling them apart because the hair is different on them. But I think it was Jimmy. Grabbed the shoulder a couple times more than just, ooh. Ah, no, it was more like grabbing it, holding it, going like more than just selling, it seemed like. So hopefully he's okay. But then Riddle hits him with the draping DT, and I'm like, okay, he fell right on that shoulder. Hopefully it's fine. If he's going to take the bump on that shoulder, he should be okay, I would hope. Um, yeah, Jimmy takes the draping DT. Riddle sits there for the RKO. Jimmy avoids it and sends Riddle into J. Riddle recovered and rolled up Jimmy for a two. Fans thought it was over and popped huge. 
when Riddle kicked out. Finished the match then came when Riddle and Jimmy were fighting on the top rope. Suddenly, Roman Reigns' music would hit. Riddle then looks off into the distance really fast. And as he freezes for that split second, Jay jumps up on the apron, tags Jimmy. Riddle then hits the, the super RKO off the top rope, the avalanche RKO. Sells it for a second because, you know, he takes that big-ass bump as well. And as he's selling it for a second before he gets up, Jay immediately, like, he hits the bump. Like, like Riddle bumps down. And immediately, as soon as his back hits the mat, Jay's already coming off the top rope. Splash, one, two, three, Usos retain. I loved the timing on that so much that, you know, just a split second of Riddle going, Bowman, Jimmy, or Jay jumping up, hitting the tag. He hits the RKO. Nothing wrong there. Hits the RKO, but Jay comes off at the perfect time to where Riddle can't get up, splashes him down, and gets the win. Immediately, cameras go to the production truck where, well, there's Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn goes, it worked, it worked, yeah, it worked. He's the one that had him play Roman's music. Zayn's overjoyed and runs out to go celebrate with the Usos. <clears throat> so the Usos and Sami Zayn are at the top of the ramp when Riddle comes just blasting up the ramp and attacks um, Sami Zayn. And he's wailing on Sami Zayn. Usos eventually pull him off. Referees and officials pull Riddle as Riddle's screaming. He's got spit flying out of his mouth. He's like, you guys are, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're not going to do this. And he's going nuts. And I'm just like, oh, man. Riddle has hit another level of awesome. Riddle is now not just, hey, bro. Riddle is now, I'm fed up. You hurt Randy. You hurt Shin. Now, you screwing with me? I had you guys. I ain't gonna take no more of your crap. And I'm like, oh, because that's how it came off. Of he's, he's done. He's done of being the fun-loving riddle. He's now going to be very seriously, uh-uh. Usos ain't doing this shit no more. The way he was screaming, and the, the officials and referees had to hold him back. Oh, my God. This was fantastic. This was great. And that was the end of SmackDown. We do know for next week's SmackDown, Intercontinental Champion Rick Shea will defend the title against Gunther, and presumably Lacey Evans will have a match. Can't say for sure, because, well, we don't know if they're going to change their mind again and put her on Raw Monday. But with that, that was Friday Night SmackDown. Let's check the polls, see what you guys thought of the show. 80% of you on Twitch liked SmackDown, with 20% thinking it was just all right. As far as the Twitter poll does go for SmackDown. Yeah, da, da. 37.5% liked it. 37.5% didn't like it. And 25% thought SmackDown was just all right. As far as the... Twitter poll, Twitter community poll. 59% thought SmackDown was just all right. 20% liked SmackDown. And 22% didn't like SmackDown. 
with that, now we gotta talk about Hell in a Cell coming up this Sunday. Coming up this Sunday, live on Peacock and the WWE Network internationally, is the WWE Premium Live event, Hell in a Cell from Chicago, Illinois. As far as this show does go, how many matches are announced? As far as this show does go, we now have officially seven matches announced for the show. So with that, I thought I would run down the card and give you my predictions for Sunday's Hell in a Cell premium live event. First off, announced tonight on SmackDown, it is a no-holds-barred match, Madcap Moss against Happy Corbin. I think the only really way to go here is Madcap Moss. In a six-person tag team match, which is interesting. I forgot to mention this when I talked about SmackDown. So they were running down the card for um, the pay-per-view when they talked about the three-way and Pat McAfee goes, it's Judgment Day against the Live Club. I was like, the Live Club? What the hell? Okay, whatever. It's Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan against Judgment Day, Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. This is actually a hard one to predict. I think Judgment Day should pick up the victory, but I can see them going baby faces. You know, Judgment Day, if they're going to remain a group, I, I'm going to say Judgment Day because I think they need to win. I think Judgment Day need to win to solidify themselves as a, what's the word I'm looking for? Force, I guess you could say, going forward. So I think Judgment Day, I can see them giving the win to Finn, AJ, and Liv, but I think Judgment Day needs the win, so I'm going to pick Judgment Day. Also, we do know that Ezekiel will be taking on Kevin Owens. Honestly, I think Ezekiel beats Kevin Owens and they stretch this thing out even longer. In a two-on-one handicap match, Bobby Lashley will be taking on Omos and MVP. This one doesn't really matter at all. I'm going to say screw it. Bobby Lashley picks up the victory. In our first of two title matches on the show, the U.S. title will be on the line, United States Championship, when Theory defends against Mustafa Ali. I think Theory successfully retains. In a triple threat match for the for the WWE Raw Women's Championship is Bianca Belair defending against Asuka and Becky Lynch. I think Bianca Belair retains, leading to what I think should be a full-year circle encompassing of Bianca and Becky at this year's SummerSlam, but this time, or not this time, but again, Bianca the champion. And finally, side the dangerous Hell in a Cell, it's Cody Rhodes against Seth freaking Rollins. Only one way to go here, Cody cannot lose. Cody defeats Seth for a third time inside Hell in a Cell this time. Not a third time in Hell in a Cell, but a third time this year. He's defeating Co defeating Seth, but this time inside Hell in a Cell. So I think Cody picks up the victory. So with that, these seven matches are so far the only seven matches that have been announced for this weekend, this Sunday's Hell in a Cell premium live event or pay-per-view, whatever you really want to call it. If we do hear anything else regarding Hell in a Cell, well, we'll have it for you right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But with that, guys, before we do wrap everything up, we got one last thing to check. We got to check text messages. Remember, you could text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that number is 510-906-1341. This person says, all right, this person didn't watch SmackDown. He says, 
Who is Ronda Rousey's next challenger? We already know. It's Natalia. You must not pay attention or not watch the show. Mercedes, do you think it's a shame Hell in a Cell isn't held as highly as like the Rumble or WrestleMania? No, not at all. It's a B-level pay-per-view, and it's always going to need to be a B-level pay-per-view. It doesn't need to be uh, a pillar show. Survivor Series isn't even a pillar anymore. This person says, do you think Cody's next feud is with... Huh? Do you think Cody's next feud is with and do you think... Huh? I think this person's asking me, what's next for Cody and will Bray Wyatt come back and join Judgment Day? I don't know what's next for Cody. I honestly can't even think of what they're going to do because they've had him with Seth for like three months and then he's had other random matches that never made any sense. As far as Bray goes, Bray, Bray and Judgment Day, if Bray Wyatt were to re return to WWE, ain't no way in hell he's joining a faction unless he's the leader. Bray is not going to be a side character, a second fiddle to Edge. No way, Jose. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. If you're watching live, if you're not watching live and you're watching later, I want to thank you for watching on youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited or listening on podcast services all around the globe. So with that guys, have a great night. I'll see you later. I'll see you on Sunday, Sunday morning. So here's the schedule for the weekend. I'm out of town tomorrow. Not going to be able to watch. Well, I'm going to watch in your house live, but I can't do the review live. So here's the plan. Sunday morning. We've got the in your house review. Then Sunday evening, we'll be back live again with the Hell in a Cell review. So we got two pay-per-view reviews, Sunday, one Sunday morning and one Sunday evening. And we'll be doing those both live right here, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, And then they'll go up afterwards for YouTube and audio listeners as well. So with that, guys, have a great night. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.